I'd like to invite you to take your Bibles. And I want you to turn in two different verses of scriptures. First of all, the epistles of Jude. And we're going to read the 20th verse. And then put your finger there and turn over to to the left of to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. And we're going to begin reading in verse 22. Last couple of weeks, I've been bringing to you a series of messages on the blocks of faith. And these blocks of faith of how we're to build and take each block and to build upon the other block and upon the other block and then so forth. We start out with, of course, the foundation. And the foundation is our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is that day, that hour, that moment when we invited Christ to come into our life. And as he comes into our life, he changes us. And we go from a creature that was known of sin, we become a new creature that now is known of the Spirit of the living God who lives within us and dwells within us. And then from there we go to that first block, which is the block of baptism. And we talked about that last Sunday morning. That block of showing and stipulating that picture of the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your identity of knowing Christ. And baptism becomes that profession and confession of your identification of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. So now we come to this next block. Sometimes we don't realize, and we might take it kind of for granted, but that block of church membership, church affiliation, why is it so important for you to be a part of a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching Christ-exalting church. Why is that important? We're going to look at that today and begin to realize that this is a tremendous block of our faith in the Lord. So with your Bibles open, would you stand with me as we look at Jude 20? And of course, this has been the foundation of our series. For Jude tells us in verse 20, but you, beloved, listen to this, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Now turn with me over to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, 
And I think you'll find it interesting And there in verse 22 and the following verses, three different times he tells us, the writer tells us, let us. He begins the phrase, let us. He says in verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Now notice in verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And verse 25 is the key that I want us to focus on here in verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Don't you see the day approaching? And so he's telling us that we need to be involved in something very, very special in the life of the church. Father, we're grateful for your church. And we're grateful that we can be a part of your church. And Lord, we just pray that today that you will use this time to speak to our hearts. And Lord, that you would stir the Holy Spirit to remind us of the importance of that church and the role that it plays within our hearts. And certainly the role that it plays in the faith as we grow in you. Father, I pray that your anointing and your filling of your Holy Spirit would be upon us. We ask this for your sake and for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. R.A. Torrey, great, great man of God, made this statement one time in a book of how to succeed in the Christian life. He said there is nothing more important in the Christian life than beginning right. If we begin right, we can go on right. And if we begin wrong, the whole life that follows is likely to be wrong. And that is so true. What he said is exactly right. And so that's why it's important that we begin to recognize these blocks of faith and to realize that each block builds on top of the other block 
and so forth as it is carried out. And that there is always growing in the Christian life. As long as you're living, I hope you understand that there is room for growth. And therefore, we need to mature and to develop continually in our Christian walk with the Lord. I heard where there was a group of guys standing by and they were talking amongst themselves. And as they were talking amongst themselves, a minister happens to walk by. And one of the guys said, Pastor, we need to ask you a question. The pastor says, okay, what is it? Isn't it true that you don't have to be a member of the church to go to heaven? The pastor thought, and he thought about it. He said, yeah, it's true. You don't have to be a member of the church to go to heaven. And so the other guy looked at these guys, and he says, I told you that's right, that you did not have to be a member of a church to go to heaven. And they started to disband. And when they started to disband, the pastor said, wait a minute, guys, I have a question for you. He said, why is it then, if you don't have any care about the church, and you don't have any care about praising the Lord, and worshiping the Lord, and telling people about Jesus Christ, and learning about the Lord, why would you ever want to go to heaven? And isn't that true? A person tells me he's a believer, and that he don't have to go to church. Well, that's true. He don't have to go to church to go to heaven. But there's something about the church that is very special in a believer's life. If Jesus Christ died for the church, don't you think it's important enough for you to be a part of the church? If you have trusted him as your Lord and your Savior, and Christ has come into your life, wouldn't you want to be a part of something that he has established? He says, upon this rock, I establish my church. I will build my church. And so therefore, as a believer, I want to be a part of, and be involved in everything that Christ established and to be was involved in. That's why I have a real difficulty with a lot of people who claim that they are Christians and that they have accepted the Lord as their Savior, but they don't want to attend church. They say, well, Pastor, I can... Worship the Lord at home. I can watch Dr. Stanley and and these other pastors on TV just as well than going to church. Well, that's true. But there's something about if you're able to be at the church, to be there in in that environment with other believers. There's something about it. And I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit will put a desire in your heart 
to be a part of the local church. And so therefore, it's true. You can worship the Lord at home. You can worship the Lord in your car. You can worship the Lord in other places in this world. But there's nothing like coming together with other brothers and sisters and the Lord, as we have done this morning, worshiping together and exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. Something about that. So why is it then church membership so important? Why is it that that is such a building block of my Christian life? The Bible says in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Apparently, there were some there in those particular days that were ignoring the matter of church membership. And they were taking it lightly. And the writer is addressing the issue. And I find it, I find it very interesting that he reminds them or he expresses to them three times, let us. Let us. Let me share with you about three reasons today why I believe it's important to be a part of the local church. Now, I know there's people that says that maybe have moved here and says, well, I'm not going to join the church because that church is not like my home church. And so, therefore, they never join. Well, I want to remind you that no church is going to be just like your home church. And that every church is different. But I do believe that when you move into an area, and you're going to be there for a while, you need to find you a local church, and that you join that church, and you become involved in that church. Now, there's three reasons for that. First of all, let's go back to verse 22. Look what the Bible says in verse 22. It says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Truth number one, church is a place of blessing. Church is a place of blessing. There's two things about the church that I want you to think about for a few moments. First of all, there in the church, you will find yourself establishing a relationship with God. You're establishing a relationship with God. He speaks here, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He's speaking about something that has occurred in our life. He's talking about some transaction that has taken place within our hearts. He's describing a cleansing work of the Holy Spirit in the heart and the life of a believer. 
And that's exactly what salvation is all about. A salvation establishes a relationship between you and a holy God. The Bible reminds us that before we are saved, that we are separated from God. The Bible says that we are at enmity against God. In other words, we become what is known as an enemy of God. But when you come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you have established a relationship where that you now have the peace with God. That you now have a relationship between a father and a son or a daughter. That's why the psalmist could say with all of his heart that the Lord is my shepherd. He did not say that the Lord is a shepherd, which he is. But you see that personal pronoun. He is my shepherd. Becomes personal. Becomes that intimate relationship. And my friend, the church preaches that message. The church tries to express the message that you can have a wonderful relationship with a holy God. Can you imagine? God of holiness, the God of purity, the God of righteousness wants to have a relationship with sinful man like me. Well, the only way that can ever happen is for your sins to be washed and to be cleansed and forgiven. And the only way that can ever happen is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come unto the Father except by me. Through Jesus Christ, what does happen? What does this wonderful experience that takes place in my life is where he washes me and he cleanses me and he makes me a new creature. Oh, a relationship that is established. No other place other than the church preaches a message and delivers the message of hope like that. Oh, you can join many different types of organizations. But my friend, there's something special when it comes to the church. I'm so grateful that I'm a part of the church. That because of the church preaches that message that it has established a relationship but not only established a relationship, but there is a relationship that God, with God, that I can enjoy. Listen what he says in verse, that same verse. Let us draw near. It's not only a relationship that is established. It's a relationship that I can enjoy. In other words, it becomes personal. In other words, the Bible says we're to draw near to God and to experience His mighty presence. Experience His mighty presence. I pray to God that as you walk 
upon the grounds of this church. Immediately as you get out of your car and you begin to make your way into this building, that you're reminded that you're on holy ground and that you're coming to meet with God. You're coming to enjoy His mighty presence. Friend, I'm here to announce He is here today. And we need to recognize His presence and to not only know that I have established my relationship with Him, but I can enjoy Him. My friend, I believe with all my heart I'd be a Christian if there was no heaven or hell. Just to know of His mighty presence in my life today. To know that He's not only given me eternal life, but that He has given me an abundant life. A life of joy. A life of peace. A life that I can reap through the wonderful fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. So the church is important, my friend, because here you meet him in a unique way where you, I don't believe you'll find him in any other place. Coming together. I feel sorry for these churches that have locked God out and that the, and the name Ichabod has written across that front of that church. God has departed. Oh, I pray to God that he'll never, never, ever feel that he's not welcome in this place. And that we have come today to seek his holy presence and to recognize his presence and to worship his presence today. One of the reasons... One of the reasons that I'm a part of the local church, it preaches, it teaches that you can establish a relationship with God. And secondly, you can enjoy His presence. So you know what it is? It's a school of learning. It's a school of experiencing. When I come together in God's house, I'm learning about Him, and I'm learning what He is all about. But secondly, not only the church is a place of blessing, but it's a place of building. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 23. Once again, He uses that term, let us. Let us hold fast the confession of hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. In other words, as I look at the word of God, I am taught about God when I come to the church. But I'm also taught by God when I come to God's church. I hope you understand that. That when you come to God's house, you're not only only to learn about God and about His Son, 
which encourages and matures us and develops us in our Christian walk. But you're taught by Him. The presence of the Holy Spirit. So, the church is a school of learning. And here as you begin to find that it's not only a school of learning, it is also like a spiritual gymnasium that you are developing and that you are growing and maturing. Have you ever thought about that? That when I come to church, it's like that God is using the church like a spiritual gymnasium that it will develop my spiritual muscles. That's exactly what God wants to do. As you grow as a believer, He wants to develop you and mature you in the likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, there's two reasons for that. First of all, I want you to notice that it's because that we see a defensive faith that He wants to build up within our lives. Notice what he says, we're to hold fast without wavering. The word wavering means without leaning, without bending, without breaking. In other words, he says, I want you to be strong. How do you become strong? You become strong through the word. And there's something about coming to church hearing the Word, being taught in Sunday school, being taught and preached in the worship hour, and that through that, you are developing spiritual muscles that will defend your faith. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. He says that we should no longer be children. In other words, he said, now I want you to understand that a child of God is not to act like little children. He is to mature. He is to grow. And he says, tossed to and fro and cared about with every kind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. I want to remind you that the devil is wise and that he will throw curves at you in the religious sense. You've got a lot of people teaching and preaching false doctrines out there today. And the Bible is telling you, I don't want you to be like little children to be taken by surprise but I want you to be strong that as every wind of doctrine that is thrown at you that is a counterfeit from the Word of God, I want you to be able to recognize it. I want you to be able to defend against it. I want you to be strong. I don't want you to be tossed about by every wind of doctrine that comes by. How do you learn? How do you grow? How do you mature? How do you develop? How do you defend your faith? I believe it's in the house of God. 
I believe that here in the house of God is like a spiritual gymnasium that you are exercising and developing spiritual muscles. That when those false teachings come at you, you will be able to recognize it and you'll be able to defend against it. So it would be able to defend your faith. To be able to withstand it. But also, I see that we'll be able to develop our faith. That is so important. Faith that is described as a faith that is developed where you're able to mature spiritual muscles to be built, to be strong. Let me ask you a question, you that have been in the church for many years. Where did you learn your doctrines? Where did you learn your faith and develop your faith? I guarantee you, most of you would say, most of what I've learned and most of what I have experienced is through the local church. Down through the years. Down through the years. John Hopkins University medical research discovered, I thought this was interesting. It says... It is good for your health to attend the local church. It went on in that article to say this. It says the risk of fatal heart disease is almost twice as high for non-church goers. It's not only good for you physically, friend, it's good for you spiritually. And so here, we're talking about a clean life. How do you learn how to live and to grow and develop? It's by the local church. That's why it's so important that your pastor stands and he teaches you the Word of God day in and week out as we study the Word of God. Oh, how I think about there's been many casualties that's been thrown along life's highway because of bad decisions. You're faced with decisions. And with those decisions, it can make you or break you. And so many times, as you think about in our world today, it has destroyed many lives that possibly had a great possible future ahead of them. I think about one particularly of Jeb Stuart Magruder. Jeb Stuart Magruder, you may possibly recognize his name. He was involved with the Watergate a number of years ago. He had, it looked like he had a tremendous political future. But he made some bad decisions. And in those bad decisions, it destroyed his life. One editor of a magazine wrote, it said he had developed everything except the kind of character to withstand temptation at the highest level of life. You're faced with temptations. 
you're faced with decision making. But week after week after week after week, you come and you hear the Word of God. You're taught the Word of God. You grow in the Word of God. And when those temptations come at you, you're able to stand because you have developed spiritual muscles. Thank God for the church that helps me to develop. So the church is a divine gymnasium. And there you're pushing and pulling and lifting up those weights that developed your faith. Why am I part of the church? Number one, because the church is a place of blessing. Number two, the church is a place of building. But number three, the church is a place of bonding. Bonding. Listen to what he says in verse 24. Once again, he says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. When a person gets saved, if he's an adult... Generally, he loses many of his friends simply because he no longer has anything in common with them. And therefore, he is out there by himself. That's why it's important that immediately that person gets involved in the local church because at the local church, he establishes new relationships. He establishes new friendship. And he establishes those relationships that helps him to grow and to mature as a believer. There's something about the relationship among God's people. I've heard people say this before. I'm closer to the people of my church family, than I am my own family. Why is that the case? It is because that you come together and that you are in a relationship with them and there you have developed a love like you never thought you could ever experience. It's a place of bonding. Two things happen when I think about that place of bonding. First of all, we see a supportive relationship. It says, let us consider one another. In other words, give attention. Fix your eyes upon this. Something about being sensitive to the needs of one another. See, the people that you are associated with will push you up, or they'll pull you down. And the world, my friend, will always pull you down. But the church, God's people, their heart's desire is to push you up, to encourage you, to help you to grow and to mature, and not to pull you down. That's why it's so important for the 
relationship to be established. That's why that the Sunday school was so important, my friend. I'm a great proponent of Sunday school. For the simple fact, not only it teaches you the Word of God, but it helps you to establish relationships. It breaks down the relationship. Intercise church is ours. If you come just to the worship service, that's great and that's wonderful. But there's something more in this church that has to offer, and that is a relationship. And you establish it in a local Sunday school class and become supportive. I am so amazed and so thrilled when I see how our Sunday school classes are sensitive to the needs of one another. There's a need within that body. They tend to that need. They pray for that need. They try to uh, help that need, whether it may be physical, financial, or spiritual. But they go and they try to support that individual but it also stimulates our relationship. He says there in verse 24, to stir up love and good works. The word stir up means to stimulate. It means to encourage. I can be a little discouraged and I can walk into the house of the Lord and I can be so encouraged. I can have people that will have a smile on their face that will immediately just stir up my soul with joy. That's why it's important when you give a handshake or a hug, you do it with a smile. Because it helps stimulate. I remember... Many times, many times at the conclusion of the service, somebody will walk out the door and they will say, Pastor, what you said today blessed me. What you said today encouraged me. Well, that may encourage you, but it also encouraged me that God used me. Sort of remind me about this one time, this lady kept coming out the door and she was such a dear, sweet saint. And she meant well. She would say, Pastor, she'd grab me by the hand, and she said, that was such a warm sermon. I said, well, thank you. I felt kind of good about that. Next Sunday, she'd come out, and she'd shake my hand and say, that was such a warm sermon. I said, well, thank you. Until I went back and I looked up what the word warm in the Webster Dictionary says, not so hot. (laughs) Well, I think I understood what she was saying. I, at least I hope I did. Probably was not so hot. But you know what, people? There's something about being a part of the local church where it stimulates you. We come in together. That's why I like there to be joy. I like there to be excitement. I like there to be worship and praise. I like there to be the Word of God 
being found. Because it seems like that's exactly what I need the coming week. It's amazing that I will go through situations the coming week and I'll think, man, I'm so glad I learned at church what I needed to learn to go through that experience. Rough can be rather hard, friend. I mean, the world can be rather hard and it can be rather rough. And friend, I want to remind you, coming together on a Sunday by Sunday by Sunday by Sunday encourages us. I know the majority of you are a member of the church, but there's some that maybe are not. Maybe you have contemplated. Maybe you've prayed. Maybe today is the day that you decide, you know what? I want to be a part of the local church. Because it is a church of building. It is a church of blessing. It is a church of bonding. And I want to be a part of that.